You starting to get this? I think these are the most important messages I could ever teach because this is how the kingdom works. And uh, um, man, because this is the answers, like I said, is all humanity is struggling with basic things, in my opinion. I want to live with no financial concern, and he's promised we can do that, right? He's promised we can do that. And he's promised us that we can live in health and vitality and not be worried about sickness and disease. And he's promised that we can be fully loved and valuable with no guilt and shame. Those are really what humans are looking for. And, uh, uh, and everything should be how do we do that in our hearts and minds, in our spiritual part of us. It shouldn't be religious things that you have to do because those will just frustrate you. And, and uh, I'm not into that. I'm into actually changing lives. And, and um, if it's not working, then what, what are we doing? Then, then it's just religion, right? It's just religious activities that really don't account for anything. And, and uh, I think Jesus came to just do the opposite of all of that. So anyway, uh, we're going to talk about the parable of parables tonight. Jesus said this, if you understand this parable, you what? You understand all the parables. Wouldn't that be nice to understand all the parables? But if you don't understand this, he says, and you don't have ears to hear, um, even what you think you have is going to be taken from you. And we'll, we'll talk about that. So it's not out of fear, though. What he's saying is, if you think you understand it, just like the Jews at the time, the religious leaders they thought they had God's answer. They thought they were the nation. They thought, you know, this whole temple system, everything else. And he's like, hey, I'm saying these things. We'll go through scriptures. And it's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John doesn't have the parable of the sower, but he tells us a little, he gives us some pieces to that. He says, Jesus is the word that was sown. And we'll, we'll talk about that, which is really interesting. So anyway, uh, this is how the kingdom works. And if you understand this, it becomes simple. And he didn't make it hard. How many of you guys are excited he didn't make it hard? That's really good, because for me, as, a, as an Iowa, Serbian, Polish kid, it can't be hard. It's got to be something that, so he makes it agriculture and nature. And then he also says this, uh, he taught in parables, and with a parable, he didn't teach. So did he teach in parables? Yes. And if he, and if he taught anything, he didn't, he goes, I taught in parables, and with a parable, I taught, and if I didn't teach in a parable, I didn't teach. Now, he does go share with his disciples. He goes, but let me tell you what the parable means. And the parables are this, guys. The parable is simply, he uses things that have a deeper spiritual meaning. So he uses physical um, things that everybody would understand to give you the idea of how the kingdom works. And I want to know how the kingdom works, don't you? I do. So anyway, um, I want to share one thing. So let's go to this. Uh, we can go to this first slide if we want. Yeah, there we go. So Jesus said, if you understand the parable of the sower, you understand how the kingdom works. And you understand every parable. I'm not going to talk about, there, there was a very spiritual meaning, real meaning at the time, which we will share, but I really wanted to talk about the substance of the deeper spiritual meaning, but uh, Stephen Melton, we were talking about this. If you want a great, um, a great source on the parables, uh, Father Robert Capon, you hear John Crowder quote this guy a lot, etc. but uh, um, kingdom, grace, and judgment, it's really good. If you want to know, I'm going to read you something out of here. Um, and uh, is this the part I wanted to read? I, yes, no. Okay, here it is. All right, so here's what he's saying. If you understand, I'm just gonna read this, this small section out of here, but I, there's a piece in here where I go, this, if you get this, you get the whole thing. Um, I may have been, this is kind of how I was taught the, the parable of the sower. We sow the word of God. Have you heard that? Like, we're the sowers? And... The seed isn't anywhere until somehow we go there and we sow the seed. Is that right? Can I tell you that that's not at all what, this, what the parable says? <laughs> if read it again, it doesn't even come close to say that. It says the seed, the father, who's the father? 
Not you and I, right? Who's the father? The father, God, right? So is what? Himself. So let me read this too. Some of you are starting to get it already. If we have difficulty adjusting to the word of God who works as minimally and mysteriously as a seed, that's part of it right there. If we had a, I did this the other night with my business friends. So if we took a walnut, right? Because we had, we had walnuts and mixed nuts right in front of me. And if I take a walnut and I plant that walnut in the ground, what's going to happen? It will produce a walnut tree, won't it? Now, if we think about this, the greatest scientist, if we gave him an unlimited budget, uh, the greatest scientist in the world, tell me how that walnut works. Could they do it? They can't do it. This is the mystery of the kingdom. This is the secret that's been revealed from the foundation of the world is he was in it and is through it and it produces on its own. And he's trying to give us an idea. But isn't that wild? So this seed, we all are, have confidence that your, your kids in kindergarten would go, yeah, if I plant a tomato seed, they have no doubts that that's going to produce a tomato plant, right? This is how simple the kingdom is, guys. As he equates our heart with the soil, and the seed is our thoughts and our meditation, whatever we meditate on. He goes, I'll put it in there and just trust me that it has enough power in itself. That walnut seed knows what to do that produces this huge walnut tree. How in the world does that happen? But we all just accept it. We trust it. What is that called in, in religious words? Faith, right? We call it faith. We just know. Somehow it's like, yes, if I plant a... If I plant a uh, uh, Barb and the kids always plant tomatoes on our front porch. Some of you guys see them. Um, and so they just know that, yeah, if I plant that thing, I'm, I go to bed, I wake up, just like Scripture says, and all of a sudden one day, what happens? First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. But it does produce. It knows how to produce a whole plant. But we don't know how it works. Jesus is just going, if you understand a seed, that all you need to do is you just realize that the seed has enough power in itself to produce and he goes, the seeds are really what you meditate on and plant in your hearts and your minds. It's spiritual. It's thoughts. It's meditation, etc. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to have the right education. You don't have to have the right kind of faith. You don't have to worry about how, whether you prayed in tongues, didn't pray in tongues. All the stuff you guys argue about with theology, I could really give a rip about any of that. Because all I know, if I plant the right thing in my heart, it's going to grow. Praise God. It's going to have the power in itself to produce. So, if we have difficulty adjusting to the word of God, who is the word of God? Jesus Christ himself, God himself, right? Who works as minimally and mysteriously as a seed, we will have even more difficulty with the next point to be made about seeds, namely that they work. This is about the whole parable. The sower in the parable is depicted in the act of sowing, and it's not you. It's him. It's the father sowing himself. He is not sitting in his armchair reading seed catalogs in February. He's not tilling and fertilizing the soil in March. And he's not standing in the garden in May simply thinking about taking seeds out of their packages. If he were showing doing any of these things, we might fairly conclude that the power of the word, like the power of seeds, uh, <clears throat> that the power of seeds under similar circumstances was only virtually present in the world. Meaning, this is how most of us have taken that parable. Until we go do something and scatter the seed, the, the seed's not there. Isn't that what we taught? We might assume, in other words, that it would, be not achieved, would not achieve actual effectiveness until some further steps were taken. That's how I hear most people, even Christians, talk about this parable of the sower. Then you need to tend it and water it and all these things. No, if you understand seed sowing back in that day, the farmer didn't till anything. They threw seed. 
and the seed had enough power. Even look, even in every situation, um, that seed still grew. They didn't get all the results they wanted, you know, with the rocky ground, stony ground. Even the ones that were eaten by the birds, some of you guys know anything about basic biology. When the bird eats the seed, what does it do? It passes through, and what happens? It still grows. It's fertilized seed. That grows better. Exactly right. It doesn't, see, I think people, because it says the accuser, the Satan, and people get, see, the devil comes and steals the seed. That's how I was taught in Word of Faith. Like, that's just nonsense. The seed still produces. If you really understand the parable, it's beautiful. And the terms of the parable is told, however, there is no room for such virtualism, meaning that the thing works. Don't have to by tilling all the other, somehow religion makes us add something to it. And all he's trying to do is just plant the stupid seed. And trust me that it works on its own. So he says, the seed and therefore the word. The word is who? Jesus Christ. So how much healing does Jesus have? It's unlimited. How much provision does he have? All of it. How much love does he have for you? Unlimited. So everything that God is, everything that Jesus is, has already been scattered over the whole earth, is what he's trying to say. The seed and therefore the word is fully in action in and of itself at every step of the story. Everything necessary for its perfect work is in the works from the start of the foundation of the world. Isn't that what science teaches? Infinite possibility, right? According to your faith, be it unto you. What are we persuaded of? And he's trying to give us the most simple example. Just the seeds are thoughts in your heart. This is the supernatural part of you. This is where I meet with you. Just trust the seed. The seed knows what to do on its own. You don't have to figure it out. Does that make sense? That's why Paul so fervently goes, above all else, guard your heart. Think on these things, things on love, pure, etc. Um, and if there's an area of your life that's not working, I promise you, check where you're meditating on. I promise you. This, that, this, that. Well, if this would happen. No, that's not thinking on these things and they're lovely, perfect. If there's any virtue, think on these because it didn't produce. Does that make sense? Everything that's available, every answer, everything, every solution to everything is already provided and it's available. And he reveals it to us in the secret place of the Most High, in our, between the cherubs, in our hearts and minds. Amen? You guys get it? All right, so let's go. So no promise from, no promise from God is empty of power. Why? Because the promise is whatever we meditate on, a promise is like a what? It's like a seed. It's a thought. It's a promise. It's what we're thinking on. It has power in itself. I love the, the Passion Translation here. For with God, there's no such thing as an impossibility because the, he, he doesn't even dwell in that. He dwells in life and life only. So if there's ever a situation where life is not happening in any area of your life, I promise you, you've just programmed yourself incorrectly. We'll talk about more of the medical stuff maybe in the next couple of weeks because I, I geek out on that stuff. I love it. Um, because I mean, you know, spirituality and science are the exact same. The, the church for so long has separated them. I go, they're the exact same thing, guys. And most of the time, science is actually head of the church because we bind ourselves in these boxes that theologically that we can't get out of, which is sad to me. So um, anyway, all right, for with God, there's no, so every, every thought, everything has the power in itself to produce it. Now, the, the challenge is negative or positive, right? So that's why Paul goes, if there's anything that you're going to do, watch what you plant in here because it'll produce whether you like it or not. All right. So Luke 17, 20, when, when the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the, the Jewish nation as a whole, they expected a physical kingdom, right? And then Jesus comes to reveal what's been the truth all the time. He says, now when he asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, because they were looking, and we're still looking for it. Most, 
the end time books come out of Colorado Springs, unfortunately. It drives me crazy. Um, I, honestly, when I travel, I go, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, everything's coming out of Colorado Springs. We haven't gotten to these guys yet. Um, but it sells millions of books. The kingdom's here. It's present. We're not waiting for anything. Did you guys know that? It's present. It's in your midst is what Jesus said. We're still waiting. Most people are still waiting for the third temple to be built. But he says, listen, this temple doesn't come by anything you can see. So all the signs, the wonders that people are like, yeah, the things are happening. I go, it means nothing because it's in the heart is where it is. So um, they were expecting a, a physical kingdom and Jesus is going, no, that's not what I came. He answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come by observation, meaning you can't see it. It's nothing physical. Nor will they say here, see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is where? Within you, inside you, in your midst, is in your inner core is really what it means. Um, and we, we talked, you guys like that, the cherubs last week? Where in the Old Testament, it's all a type and shadow. We're the reality. We're the temple is what it points to, right? And God says, I'm going to meet you face to face. Uh, how many of you guys want to meet Jesus face to face? At any time, 24-7, you can. Isn't that cool? It says, I will meet you face to face between the cherubs, right? And if we're the temple, the temple had to be carried on the shoulders. I've covered it. We'll, we'll do more of this over the next couple of weeks because I think it's fun. Is uh, but anyway, what, what, and then Paul goes, don't you get it, guys? We're not looking for a third temple. We're not looking for anything physical. You're the temple. So if you're the temple, that means you carry the holiest of holies. You carry where God meets. And we carry it on our shoulders. So what do we carry on our shoulders? Our head. And the brain is called two halves between the cherubs. They're called cerebrum, which literally means covering. Isn't that cool? Anyway, so he meets with you in your hearts and minds. That's what he's trying to show you. Your brain is not just this calculator. In the, in the core, the very core of it, in your hearts and your minds, your mind's eye is what it's really talking about. And that's why, don't get weird, guys, all these Eastern religions and everything. They actually kind of get it. You know, they have the eye and the chakra and all. Call it what you want. They all get truths and they get some revelation that, man, we're more powerful than we think we are. We, we're, we are co-creators created in the image of God. We are holy, we're righteous, where Jesus is not like who we, Jesus is the true reality of who we are. He goes, that's who you are. You're in him. As he is, so are you. you. Guys get it? And anytime he goes, I only do what the father tells me to do. So think about that. Some of the things that you guys are going through too. Is the father telling you to do that? Probably not, right? It's just your own selfish desires a lot of times where you get this and then you wonder why your life's out of whack. Just go back and go, you know what? What would perfect love do in this situation? And he'll tell you, he'll meet with you face to face. He'll never judge you, but he'll tell you because he wants your life to work. And so anyway, hey, it's not here, it's not there. The kingdom is within. He meets with you between the cherub in the quiet place. So if you can get quiet, that's where he, there's strength and rest. What he's trying to say is everything you're ever gonna have is available. I can talk with you 24-7. You're the true temple. I meet with you face to face at any time. You're gonna, some of you guys, it's different for me. It's like, uh, I, I don't, I don't hear the, thus saith the Lord that much, but I get intuition, I get nudgings. I get, you guys know what I'm talking about? Because I remember growing up, I would hear the, the same people every week. The Lord told me this, and I'm like, why doesn't he tell you how to run your own life once? Because your life is a mess. Instead of telling me about, the Lord told me about you. What, what? And so I just, and then I found out the Lord doesn't actually tell him. It's just, he's not thus saith the Lord. It's just, they make most of it up. So, just worry. <laughs> you guys know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Don't feel bad if he doesn't speak to you audibly all the time. He doesn't with me. He doesn't with me. 
There's only been a handful of times, maybe two in my whole life, that I was like, oh, did I, I, I swore I just heard somebody. But if that's not you, 99, 99% of the time, I just get intuition or, uh, man, there's a nudging. And just learn to trust it a little bit. So, because it's, it comes, he meets you within. Anyway, so 2, 2 Timothy 1, 7, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You guys have all heard this so many times. But it, here's what he's really trying to say. This is Paul to, to his you know, young disciple, Timothy, and, uh, who was pastoring. And he says, I didn't give you a spirit of fear, meaning that you have to worry about my judgment, my anger, because that's how most people viewed God, is angry, tyrant. Uh, most churches still, in fact, you hear him, he goes, that's not the spirit I gave you. That's the spirit religion gave you. The spirit I give you is what? It's powerful. It's effective. It's, it's, it's effective if you go to look up that word. It's powerful. Um, it's loving and it's sound. You have the mind of Christ. It's, it's, things work in your hearts and your minds. Guys, you're so much more powerful than you think you are and you're not helpless. You're not powerless. He goes, I meet with you face to face and I'm telling you the secret of the kingdom is simply dwell on the right things. Whatever is going on, there is something for us to do. I think grace people sometimes go, there's nothing for me to do. Yeah, there is. Not in your effort, not in religious things, but over and over and over it says, change how you think. Think on these things. Dwell on these things. Meditate on these things. Doesn't it say that? What he's trying to say is use your spiritual part of you, not all the exterior stuff that, you're, um, that most of you guys are dealing with. So, uh, yeah, I just wrote that. We're not hopeless, comfortless. We meditate. What we meditate on, what we think on, are literally like seeds, and they grow. They naturally, supernaturally produce themselves. That should be so exciting to most of you guys. And don't get beat up because I, I see, I think so many Christians have so much guilt and shame when I go, man, here's the great news. You can change every area of your life. And that, a lot of times I get something like this. So you mean I'm causing this? Yes. But here's the good part of that. If I got myself into the mess, I can get myself out. Now, it's not just you, it's humanity. There's things that happen to stuff. There's stuff happens, right? So I'm not saying, but if you're, if, if it, let's just pick something. Let's say it's relational, okay? If you're having the same challenge relationally over and over and over, that just means there's some belief probably about yourself that you inherited as a young kid about you're not valuable, that you feel guilty, that you feel shameful, and you can never get past that. And God goes, I've given you the ability to get past all of that. Start dwelling on the right things. Start meditating on the right things, things that are lovely, pure, etc. And you'll be shocked. I will meet with you. And when you start planting the right things in your heart, it's like effortless. The seed produces on its own. Does that make sense to you guys? So I'm not saying, hey, if something happened or... Um, it's, it's, at the end of the day, it's us. It's not God. It's us. It's humanity. We affect each other too, right? Because we're in one spirit. We're one body. We're one name. So I'm not saying you did anything wrong to do this or do that. But I'm saying the great part is we're not left helpless. He gave us a comforter, our spirit. And our spirit's powerful. And it's full of love and it's sound. It works. That's what he's trying to tell you. You guys get it? So to me, it's good news. I'm like, yes, thank you, Lord. Because I can get rid of all the religious nonsense and just start planting the right things in my heart because I know it's going to produce supernaturally. And I had to do that in my marriage. You've heard me talk about that. Because we didn't have great examples. We didn't, we didn't know what was going on. Man, we fought like crazy our first three years. And then we were like, you know what? We consciously started not blaming her. She's blaming me, which we did for the first three years. We consciously started planting the right things in my heart. And I did it reluctantly. She probably did too. I'm like, I don't even want to be nice to her right now. 
because she did this and the other. Does that sound like if there's anything virtuous, think on that. So guess what I'm producing? I'm producing more of it, right? And so for whatever, and if it's finances, it's the same thing over and over and over, business situations. If you can't get past it, then guess what? That just means you've been programmed somewhere in your heart where we can reprogram it. Follow me? How many of you guys know the economy has nothing to do with you? Zero. Yeah, but I'm in this profession. Who gives a rip? Plant the right seed. It produces on its own. It doesn't say watch the economy night and day. It says plant the seed night and day. You go to sleep, you wake up. We don't know how it works, but it works. Just like when you plant a walnut seed, it'll produce a walnut tree. So when you plant the right thoughts in your heart, will it produce the right things? Yes, 100%. Go to the bank on that. Isn't that cool? So the good part is you can do it. And uh, uh, yeah, you guys get that part, right? All right, let's go to the next slide. You guys getting this? I honestly think this is the most important thing I can teach you. Because this is, this is Jesus going, if you don't get this parable, you're not going to get anything else. You might as well put the Bible away. Right? Because people, how people have taken it is they take the word of God as every word written in scripture where Jesus is the word of God. The father sowed him in everything he has. The father sowed him. We're not the ones sowing the seed. He's going, if you get that, everything that you're ever going to need is available to every one of you at any time. Just believe the right things in your heart. That's where I'm going to meet with you. You're the temple. Okay, all right. So this is, a, I'm going to read out of Mark, the, the parable of the sower. So he's, you know, he's talking to them and he says, uh, oh yeah, I, I included that, so I'll explain this. I'll explain kind of the, the context of why it was, why he's saying the things he's saying to you. But when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. And he said to them, <coughs> to you it has been given to know the, the secret things of the kingdom of God. He's going to teach you the secret things of the kingdom of God right now. Isn't that good? And that's why, that's why this, the movie The Secret was named The Secret and Christians get all bent out of shape. I'm like, yeah, they actually kind of get it more than you actually. Um, they just call it different things, but it's totally scriptural. He said to them, to you has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables. So that, he's quoting Isaiah here, seeing they may see and not perceive. Did they see and hear salvation? Yeah, but they didn't, they didn't understand it. Hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Did he forgive their sins? Yes. Sin is not the behavior here. Sin is the wrong beliefs in their hearts. They believed they were going to be rewarded by God by their religious activities, right? And then he goes, be careful how you hear because even what you think you have is going to be taken from you. So if you take it in context, what he's telling them is they think they have a corner on God. They think that the Jewish nation is everything that's going to be. And it was at the time. Is one nation represented it all, all the way down to one man represented it all. Because I, I know in the word of faith, did we hear this like, man, Abraham should have negotiated down to the very last guy. He shouldn't have stopped at 10. You guys know the story, right? Well, Abraham's a type of what? Christ. So did Christ negotiate down to the very last man? Yes, you don't have to worry about it. It's, it's taught so incorrectly, it drives me crazy. But anyway, because one man represents all, one nation represents all nations. That's how God did it, right? And so anyway... What he's trying to tell him is he goes, hey, be careful how you hear these things. If you go read it in context, he who has ears to hear, did they all hear? Yeah, but a lot of them didn't believe in their heart that what he was saying was true. So what was the result? No fruit. Nothing happened, right? And he goes, you guys think you have a corner on this market. I'm telling you, even the things you have, the temple system, everything, it's going to be taken from you. And was it taken from him? Yes, it was. Now, are they included like you and I today? Of course they are. Just so 
let's not go this in and out and worry about Satan coming to steal the seed. I see all the things. I'm not going to even talk about the negative stuff, the stony ground, the, the, the shallow ground, the, 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 the accuser comes to steal the seed because you missed the whole parable then. The parable, even if he says the seed still worked, the seed still grew on its own without any effort. You guys get it? So what's the, what, it, what do we need to do really? It's us. It's our heart. It's the condition of our heart. So, but here's what he said. Here's the great part. As if you continually plant that seed in your heart, I promise you it'll work. Your heart just needs to change. And when we dwell on the right things over and over and over, guess what? It changes our heart and it produces supernaturally. So anyway, so don't worry about the deceiver coming and getting your seed and all the stuff you learned in the word of faith. That's just fear-based, isn't it? You heard the word and the accuser comes. Yeah, the accuser. Because here's what, here's what happens. It says the accuser, <coughs> maybe I should cover those because I think people get confused. Thus, Satan, the accuser, as you typically accuse yourself, you go, man, I'm, I don't deserve to be blessed because I did this. And man, I did this. I fought with my wife this morning. I did this, whatever. I, I told somebody on the interstate they were number one. And a uh, stupid fish sticker on my wife put on the back. and Whatever. I remember, right? Take those off. Take those off. It's because usually Christians are the most angry. It's not a very good representation of who we are. So anyway, um, that's not what he's talking about. <laughs> he's going, the, the accusation, you, you really accuse yourselves and you don't believe you're worthy. And it steals the seed. It's you stealing your own seed. Don't worry about the devil coming and picking seeds. And... That's nonsense. It's you. The seed produces Okay, And then it says the cares of this world. If you go read that, it says ionios, just like eternal. It says the cares of this age. And literally, it means like this. So imagine if you were a Jew, a good Jew, and you're taught, hey, I, have to, I can only walk so far on the Shabbat, the Saturday, right? I can't do anything on that Saturday. I have to do this. I, have, I, can't, eat, uh, I can't go eat at Bourbon Brothers. I can't have fish and chips. Oh, you can have fish and chips. You can't have what? You can't have... Uh, Bacon, yeah, what a, what a bad deal that would be, right? You guys, you guys have any good ham on Thanksgiving? We had killer ham, man. It was so good, so good. And if you understand it, what, is, what does Peter equate food to? People. He goes, don't call any of my creation unclean. Eat. Anyway, so it's just types and shadows. You guys get that. But... Uh, you couldn't have steak and lobster. So the cares of this age were those religious things that they were doing, right? The cares of that age, age ending, aionios is what that means in Greek. So literally he's saying, Jesus comes and he goes, no, no, you can just be blessed because the father blesses and he loves and he forgives and that's who he is. And just know that if he gave his son, how will he not freely give you everything else, right? Then the cares of this age start creeping in. Yeah, but I didn't do this today. I didn't read the Bible today. I didn't pray right today. I didn't pray in tongues. 15 minutes, check. Right? Whatever, whatever religious things you guys are doing. It comes from nothing outside. And nothing outside can condemn you. The kingdom's within. Follow me? That's the cares of this age. You don't have to worry about it. What the, the whole point is this. The seeds work and produce. You don't know how it works. And so let's just keep reading. All right. He says to them, if you don't understand this parable, then how are you going to understand all parables? The sower sows the word. The word is Jesus Christ, right? Everything he has is already available. And so then he tells you in verse 20, but these are the ones sown on the good ground, those who hear the word and accept it. What would we call accepting it in religious terms? Faith, belief, right? 
So we, we believed the things that were said. They accepted it and they bore fruit. So the minute they go, yes, that's true. And they started planting that truth in their heart. Did the seed have enough power in itself to produce? Yes. How much did it produce? 30 fold. So take your income and do 30 fold. Is that good? A lot of you guys are focused on the 100 fold. Let's just try 30. 30 is pretty darn good, isn't it? If you came home and go, God, I got a 30 times raise. No, no, no. Money doesn't make you happy, Tuan. I heard you. <laughs> you little hypocrites. So, isn't it goofy how we are? There's a guy in my office this week, and another Nick at night. You guys know what I'm talking about, right, Nicodemus? The religious leaders go, man, I want to believe this stuff, but what would, the, what would my church say? <laughs> Let's put it in today's terms, right? Oh, I just heard this poor kid didn't get accepted to the Bible school because he believes God's actually good. It's amazing. Drives me crazy. And he's like, well, nothing's changed. The guys who thought they knew Scripture exactly killed Scripture, killed the Word of God. Nothing's changed. The law will always persecute grace. The guys who thought they knew the Bible inside and out missed him completely. And it's still today. It's still today. Because it's here. I'm going to write my laws on your hearts and your minds. The letter written does what? Kills, but the Spirit gives life. Amen? So, anyway, you guys, here's what, here's, I get it now with Baxter. And here's what I found. The true biblical historians, not the guys who went to seminary, the true biblical historians teach a pure gospel. That's awesome. It's actually the gospel that heals, that transforms, that does everything. And that's what I'm after, man. I don't care about anything else. Is I know what, when, you're, when you truly feel with no condemnation, Oh, now I can start believing that Father's good. He loves me. He blesses me. He favors me. He heals me. He's just him because perfect love keeps no record of wrong. When did he start keeping record? The scribes started keeping record, and God's never kept record. In fact, the prophets start yelling at each other if you go to Scripture carefully. It says the lion pens of the scribes. That's different, isn't it? So anyway, what's he trying to say here, the whole thing? If you understand this simple little parable, I'm giving you something really simple. When you plant a seed, do you see the seed? Once you plant it in the ground, do you see it? No. Did I, did I include that? Yeah, let's go to this next slide. I think I did include it. It's the last one. All right. If you keep reading, he said, and the king of God is if man should scatter seed on the ground. Okay, so let's get rid of all those arguments. Yeah, but you have to till it and soil it and water it and all these things that we add. That's not how, the econ that's not how agriculture worked back then. <laughs> the kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed where? On the ground. Just trust. What he's trying to say is the seed has enough power in itself to do its own. You don't have to keep doing all the things that you religiously were taught to. Yeah, the seed didn't work because you didn't do this. No, the seed didn't work because most of the time you're planting other seeds, you're worrying. That makes sense? You, your, your worry seeds outproduced your good seeds <laughs> is really what's going on. <laughs> it's not because he didn't till it day and night and all these nonsense things. So the kingdom of man is if God should, man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day. Isn't that interesting? Like we were talking about where he meets with you between the cherubim last week, your pineal gland in the very center of your brain between the two cherubs, the pineal gland, what does it do? It wakes you up and it makes you go to sleep. It's really fascinating to me. And it's, it's a pine cone. It's, it go, it's pretty interesting. It's a pine cone. When it passes through the fire, what does it do? It produces life. It's really fascinating to me. But I think this is interesting. 
You should sleep by night and rise by day. Guess what? The pineal gland, that's exactly what it does. When you rest, it says it produces melatonin and actually arcs a little spark and the light goes through every cell in your body. It's so beautiful to me. If your eye be single, your whole body will be full of light. So when you rest, this is where you can just learn to not pull all night prayer meetings. Guys, honestly, come on. When's the last time you really saw them really that effective? I'm sawing 10 logs while they're still praying because I know this truth. He gives to his beloved even when they sleep. I rise and I don't know how it works. You should sleep by night, rise by day. When you go to sleep, what are you actively doing? Are you in faith? I don't know, I'm probably snoring. I'm not going, man, I'm full of faith. I just know that the seed works. I go to sleep by night, rise by day. The seed should sprout and grow. He himself doesn't know how. He's trying to tell you this simple little kingdom thing. If you can understand when you plant a walnut seed, you will get a walnut. You don't have to worry about how it's, you just need to trust that the power of God is in the promise. The power of God is in the thought, the meditation. It'll produce. You can go to sleep. You can rise up. We don't know how it works, but will we get, will we get a harvest? For the earth yields crops by itself. What is the earth in this parable? Your heart, the soil, right? It's what you plant in your heart. That's why Paul keeps telling you. The old covenant says, guard your heart with all diligence because out of it springs life. Springs life. Isn't it over and over the same thing? Think on these things. Think they're lovely, true, pure, etc. Why? Because they're admonishing us going, the heart is where everything happens, guys. The heart and mind of us, the supernatural part of us. You don't have to worry about whether you have enough faith, etc. Just keep planting the right things there. And you will have faith supernaturally. You won't even have to worry about whether you have enough faith. Just keep meditating on the right things day and night. When you wake up, when you go to bed. Like, this is what I do. It's like, Holy Spirit, you just tell me everything I need to do this. And I trust you that you'll do it for me because you give to your beloved even when we sleep. And I got three hours on the prayer meeting. And mine works better. Because most of the time in prayer, like I said, it's religious worrying. I'm not trying to beat you up, guys. I'm trying to show you why you're not getting the results. Because you're getting the re- you're, most of you guys are, it's, most prayer is honestly religious begging and religious worrying to me. Oh, God, please. And we're fervently doing it and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but your life is falling apart. Sometimes he throws you a bone and go, man, I'm just tired of this. Stop already. You're irritating me. And you could have done it very easily. You could have just started meditating on the right things. It doesn't come from long prayers, everything else. Jesus told us that. As when you pray, believe that you have received, past tense. It's already done. And what happens? Produces on its own, you shall receive. You guys get it? The whole, it's, the message is all the same. The whole message is the same. So you don't need to worry about how it works. Go to sleep, go to night, just trust that it works. That's why I'm excited to go through Think and Grow Rich with a lot of you guys. Because I'm like, most of you guys are beaten up against the same barrier all the time and Man, God blessed me this year, didn't bless me this year. God's going to open the floodgates of heaven this year. Can I give you a little truth? They're open nonstop, 24-7. It's not this year, that year. It's what you believe in your heart. Does that make sense? It's, it's open. It's all the time. It's 24-7. He's trying to show you some basic truths. So, hey, just plant the right things in your heart. First the blade, then the head, then the full grain. But the grain will ripen, and you will produce a harvest. Now, it's talking about some very specific things with the nation of Israel and, and the new, new covenant, etc. But he's, the greater truth behind it is your heart's the earth, 
The heart's the place where God meets with you. What you plant there will produce supernaturally. You're not helpless. You're not comfortless. He's with you 24-7. And he's showing you how simple it is to live life and live it more abundantly. Does that make sense? All right, get to your feet. Hopefully that makes sense to you guys. It didn't go too long. Oh, and I'm not trying to stir up all the, <clears throat> I know some of you, see, this is the thing. Your heart will leap with some of this stuff, but your head will go, that's not, <clears throat> they'll be gnashing of teeth just like the religious leaders did to Jesus, right? Because they're going, jeez, we do all these religious things? And this guy says he can just, he's criticizing my prayer meeting? I'm not criticizing, it just wears me out. Wears me out watching you guys with no results. Man, trust he's good. Trust that he loves you perfectly. If he, if, he, if he sowed his son, how will he not freely give you everything? Freely. He's a good father. He wouldn't make this hard. I remember when we were, Barb and I, we were being taught where to faith and everything else. We're going, this actually sucks. I would never make it this hard for my wife or kids. What in the world? Man, there's, I remember we would do this all the time. There's so much we need to learn. Oh, I was like, man, the more we learn, the more we don't know. Then stop now, because it's the most you're ever going to know. That's, this is my simple Iowa logic. I'm like, I'm not learning anything else then. Because if I'm going to know less, the more I know, then I'm stopping now, because that means by default, what you just told me, I know more now than I ever will. Mm, that irritates them too. Mm. They're outside the kingdom. They, they're trying to do everything outside. They're trying to do religious works, etc. And he's like, no, it's simple. Believe the right things. Believe that I'm a loving father. Believe that I've given you a, not, you don't have to fear me. I didn't give you that. In fact, fear is just, you're in awe. That's what King David even said. Who are you? It's like the, the, the Nick at Night guy is in my office. And he's like, this week, well, you know, I want to do this, but I don't want to make God, I don't want to make mammon my God. I'm like, man, you're missing the whole thing. Again, you're, you're confusing Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He's telling the Jews, he goes, listen, you guys think it's the whole parable of Isaac and Lazarus or Lazarus and the rich man. And he's talking, the Jews thought they had it all because they were rich. And if somebody was poor, God didn't love them. And somehow they were evil. He's like, that's not what it's about. And so I asked him this. I said, listen, um, have you ever traveled to a third world country? He goes, yeah. Do you got, have you, how many guys have traveled to a third world country? I really can't see you because it's very bright. But if you've ever gone, you're the richest person they've ever seen. I know when we went to Bible school in Africa, we were by far the richest person, everybody. So which, what's, when, does, when does mammon become a god? At your level or just above your level? Your level's fine. You would never make mammon your god. You're the richest person in the world to that guy. So is your level okay? See how it breaks down so fast? That has no issue with any of that. I was telling you. He was trying to tell the Jews, he's like, listen, you're going to go, he even told them, he goes, you're going to go into this promised land and you're going to think it's your good religious works while you're being rich. I'm telling you, you're not rich because of anything you've done. You're rich because I promised I'm going to make you rich. Be careful. You're going to go in there and think it's you. So that was the whole parable of Lazarus, the rich man, because they thought, hey, I'm rich. I'm wearing the purple robes, etc. I must have a corner on God. And he's like, no, 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 this, I came to heal. You guys think you got it all. I didn't come. If you think you got it all and you're not, you don't need healing, then I didn't come for you. I'm coming for the guy who doesn't think he has it. I heal them. I heal their hearts, showing them, no, it has nothing to do with you. You guys get it? That parable is not you. you none of you make mammon your God, trust me. 
In fact, if you have a desire to go do something, who placed it there? He did it, right? So don't worry about that. It's just, man. That's the cares of this world, getting in trouble of you just trying to, I don't want to do this. You're not. Trust me, if you put the desire there, delight yourself in him. He'll give you the desire of your heart. In fact, roll it over to him, trust him, plant the seed in your heart, and who's going to do it? He's going to do it. The seed, the seed has enough power in itself to do it. If you need to change something, it won't be hard or it won't require a lot of effort. You'll just be nudged that way and you'll do it effortlessly. The seed produces of its kind. It knows exactly what you need, when you need it, what to do, it'll produce in your life. Isn't that good news? All right, so enough on that. Enough of me harping, sorry. I'm just trying to cover all the religious bases because I know I'm going to get lots of hate mail this week. Um, and I don't need it. I don't read them because it's, if your way is working so well, why? just analyze that. Just that, That's the most I'll say on that. If your way is working, then don't change a thing. But if it's not, I'm trying to help. Does that make sense? So Father, we love you, we praise you, we magnify you. Oh man, just let them see. Just, I'm trying to kill a lot of religious cows because it's stopping these people. Online, here, You've made it so simple. As a loving father, you would never make it hard. As a loving husband, you would never make it hard for your bride. You would never do that. You gave us something so simple that we have to get the meaning of it. And he says, it's simply this. You all plant the seed and you just, by faith, you trust that it produces after its kind. I'm trying to tell you, I've designed you the same way. That if you plant the right things in your heart, you just simply believe that he's loving, he's good, he's for you, he'll never be against you, so nothing can be against you, no situation. All he wants us to do is plant the right seed in our heart. Everything that's, already, that's ever been available has already been sown into the world. That's the mystery of the kingdom that's been finally revealed to all of us. That all we need to do is believe the right thing, put the right things in our heart. Not to a level, just if we plant the right things continuously in our hearts, and think on the right things, it'll supernaturally turn every area of our life around. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn, but it will produce. That's how simple you made it. So we just say thank you for being such a loving father, such a loving husband. You made it simple for us that we can live life and live it more abundantly. So Father, just, I just pray that these guys finally take down all the religious walls and just learn to trust you and plant the right things in their heart, and it'll produce They'll produce so much better than all the things that they've tried to do in their past. We just say thank you in Jesus' magnificent name. Amen, amen, amen.